You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Thank you for joining me for episode number 26 of Life Repurposed. In this episode, we are going to be talking about ungoals for this year. So in January, the month of January, and the last couple of episodes, I have been talking about goals because that's what people talk about in January, right? So I think there's always something about a new year that makes us stop and think. And even if we aren't goal setters, we think about what do I want to do this year? Even if we don't write it down or take um, really formal action, I think we still think about it sometimes. So in this episode, number 26, we're going to be talking about what's on your list of ungoals this year because reaching your goals might be more about what you will give up this year than about what you will add in. This is really an opportunity at the beginning of the year to put a time frame on whatever you've always wanted to do. So let's think about it. I haven't officially made a fancy list of goals for this year yet, and I don't have any measurable action steps, and that is something that I have done in the past. I've written them all out. I've told you that before. If you're listening regularly, you know that I've talked about making uh, a written plan and decorating it all fancy with graphic design, but as I continue with this series next week, I'll explain what I'm working on. I keep telling you I'm explaining what I'm working on, but this is part of the process. So before I do that, I think it's really important for us to talk about on goals. I've discovered that what I put on my list for what I want to accomplish each year isn't the motivating factor that leads me to getting them done. It isn't what I put on my list. It isn't the action steps I wrote unless I actually do them. What it really comes down to is asking myself what crowded out my ability to take those action steps last year. Now, I talked in an episode a couple of weeks ago about how sometimes there are unforeseen circumstances in life and there's nothing we can do about that. But a lot of the time when I look back, it isn't that I didn't have the opportunity. It's that I did something else. What crowded out my ability to take those action steps last year might actually be just other things that I put on my list. So I want you to imagine a beautifully created plan of action with steps broken down month by month and week by week and even day by day. Imagine those steps are perfectly actionable, except they aren't. Here's an example. When I wrote my first book, The Repurpose and Upcycled Life, it took me more than five years to write it. But the bulk of it wasn't written over those five years. I talked about it for five years and worked on it sporadically. I had plans and action steps periodically here and there where I would set some goals and I would say, if I just wrote this many words per day or this many chapters here and there, I mean, it's only, you know, it's a 13 chapter book, so it's not like it was impossible. It's just that I had the plans and I had the action steps, but I didn't do them because here are some of the things I worked on during that time instead. Making homemade hand-stamped greeting cards, sewing quilts, watching television series on Netflix, reading novels, making beaded necklaces and earrings, painting stuff I found at yard sales, going to networking meetings and out to lunch with friends, 
volunteering for women's ministry and at the kids' school and on the worship team, growing and canning my own vegetables, tending flower beds, and more. Now, these things are not bad. In fact, most of them are not bad at all. Not bad if I have them in my schedule. Uh, They are not the only things I also did during that year. If you think I just spent all of my time making greeting cards and sewing quilts, that is not true. This has a lot to do with what I do or what I did with the time that wasn't structured by family obligations, by um, making meals and um, just doing household tasks and working, teaching piano lessons to have an income and all those things. These were the things I did with the negotiable time. Most of those, like I said, are not bad things at all. Here are some others that also might not be necessarily bad things, but framed in a different way. They sound a little bit more negative. Reorganizing and shuffling around possessions I didn't need. Volunteering for things out of guilt. Shopping because I had a coupon or store cash to use. Browsing social media without a purpose. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm saying those things are not necessarily bad. However, if I say I have a goal or a dream and time goes by and I still can't find space to get it done, it means that my actual goals don't align with my dream goals. It means I left no room in my schedule to take the action steps that I needed to take. And so it means my real goals are the things I'm actually doing. Those are the things I got done that year and the next year and the next year after that. Those were the things that I did. Therefore, they were ultimately my goals. When I finally got serious, I finished the book, but it meant removing some things from my regular habits. And since then, I have discovered that I can actually write a book from start to finish in five weeks. Weeks. I did it on assignment when a ministry hired me to write curriculum for a Bible study. And I wrote 75% of a rough draft for the next book that's coming out this year when I sequestered myself at a retreat center for a week. So I know that it doesn't take me five years to write a book. I know that if I have other goals that take priority, it does take me five years to write a book. So as we continue, I'm going to give you some practical tips for how you can create on goals for yourself. For this year, I made a short list of five big things that I would like to accomplish before the end of this year. Now, that's as far as I've gotten with my goals for the year, and it might be all I do because as I'm progressing through the month of January. I'm working on figuring this out because I've realized that spending a couple of days going through my schedule and plans and goals, it does not work for me unless I have an actual plan for action. So I have so far five big things that I would like to accomplish before the end of the year. So how do I make room for them to happen? I create space for the action. So it's really going through and slashing some things so that I can put in blocks of time to work. I work really well with blocks of time. So if I put them on the calendar, I have developed a discipline of keeping a commitment to myself to work on something during a time that I've blocked out. And that has taken some practice. But I said I would give you some tips. So First, I'm going to give you some action to take if you're not sure where to begin. The very first place to begin is making a list of non-negotiables in your life. Here are some examples of possible non-negotiable things. Your list is going to be different. Date night with spouse twice a month. Family night once a week. Family suppers three times a week. One day of the week for Sabbath rest and no work. 
It might include me time, self-care, worship, sleep, etc. Sleep itself might be a priority. Well, it is a non-negotiable, just for the record. (laughs) Hobbies that inspire my creativity with balance. Balance for the amount of time I will have with boundaries, essentially. Exercise. Church. Now, your list, I said, is going to be different. So these are the non-negotiable things that if you... um, If you did nothing else but those things in your life, they would get done. Therefore, you will not change them. And so these are commitments you've made. So it's very important to have room for those in your life first. So making a list for yourself of all the activities you do regularly is a good place to begin because if you already have things that are out of balance, you need to be able to sort through and figure out what are the non-negotiables. So start with making a list of every activity you do regularly. You might need to take a notebook out and jot that down during the day. Go through a week and just see or look through your calendar. For me, that's actually where you're going to see where my priorities are. Um, So include your hobbies and your family activities and everything that fills your time. So you're going to have a massive list. You can do it in a cute notebook and you can do it on a napkin or in a scrap of paper, whatever you wish to do. You just need to have a list. So now the next step is to go through that list and put a star or highlight or do something that marks the ones that are non-negotiable, the things that you would not remove if you didn't have to remove them. For example, Um, I still need to have some creative hobbies because that's my outlet, whether it's music or books or whatever. I just don't need 20 of them. So I had to look at which ones are the ones I really love doing. And then the rest of them I could get rid of, you know, from my habits and my lifestyle. Um, For me, I don't need as much sleep as some people, but I still need around six hours a night. So six hours is still non-negotiable. Okay, so maybe you need nine or 10. That might be non-negotiable. Okay, so you go through and you put a star next to the ones that are non-negotiable. Next, I want you to make another list. If you like lists, you're going to love this episode. So um, make a list of two to five big goals that you'd like to accomplish this year. No more than three is actually ideal because it's overwhelming to have more. I've heard um, some podcasters talk about having eight or 10. I have actually had eight or 10 in the past. And really in the back of my mind, I do probably have about eight or 10 because some of them are related to habits like um, sleep and nutrition and fitness. And some are related to work and all that. But anyway, Really, the important thing is to find two to five that if you only did those things this year, you would be perfectly happy. So this is not an exhaustive list of all the things you wish you could accomplish, but the goals you really, really want to have accomplished by the end of this year. So that's why three is a really good number. Remember to be uh, realistic when you make this because... I could list 20 things I want to do, and I know realistically if I gave up every single thing in my life, there wouldn't be enough time for those. Um, these could be habit goals. So one of, a habit goal might be to exercise four or five times a week. That's a, a habit. An achievement goal is a task or something you want to accomplish. So that could be something like write a book. So they could be habit goals or achievement goals, but list your goals. Okay, now look at your other list. And as you look through the items that you haven't starred on your list of regular activities, which ones are less important to you than the big goals you want to accomplish? I want you to put your list together side by side, have them where you can see them both, and I want you to look at the goals you wrote down 
and the things you're doing. Which of the things you're currently doing are less important to you than the big goals you want to accomplish? This is not earth shattering, but sometimes seeing it in a different way wakes us up. And I realize I'm making a choice to put this thing or this activity above the goal I really want to accomplish. This can be hard because many of the things that are on the list of the things we're currently doing are things we really like to do. I liked gardening. I still do. I have little flower beds. I tend to those. I'll tell you in a minute some of the things I gave up. I like quilting. I like sewing. I like anything creative, but I don't have room to do all of them. So if you have no space in your life for what you want more of, you can't have it all. So put the list next to it. And I want you to mark some of the things that you could give up if you had to trade for the goals that you want to achieve. In order to pursue the bigger goals that God has placed on my heart, I have given up some things. And here are some examples of things that used to be part of almost my identity in some ways, and yet I don't do them anymore. For example, growing vegetables and canning. I used to can a lot. And I was really proud of the fact that my own tomatoes and green beans and herbs and potatoes and all of that stuff was right out my back door. And now I use the farmer's market and the grocery store. And I'm okay with that because I would rather have time to write than have shelves full of vegetables downstairs when I can go to the store and get those. Now, some people love canning and gardening. And so you're not going to eliminate that. That's okay. Here's another example of something I got rid of. Quilting. I still do it occasionally, but I got rid of many bins of supplies and I kept just enough to do a small project on a weekend retreat here and there. So it's all in one little cupboard instead of a giant stash of fabric and things for quilting. Another one is hand stamping cards. I have kept a small stash of supplies, but I got rid of most of the supplies for stamping cards. Making jewelry. I have, again, a few supplies, but I could part with them. I think I really could. I haven't used them in a long time. Um, so I got rid of most of those supplies. Another one is networking groups. I'm selective now because I realized that being part of a networking group came with obligations to fulfill after the group met. There were um, slips of paper we would exchange at one of the groups that I attended where we would put a name of someone we'd love to meet with. And that would lead to scheduling up to five coffees or lunches per month with another person who really would honestly admit they wanted to, quote, pick my brain, which is an expression I hate, by the way. Um, they just wanted to get some info because there was something I shared that they said, you know, I resonate with that. Tell me more. I would like to have some marketing advice or some writing advice. And there was a friendship that developed. It wasn't, I don't want to be heartless and cruel and make it like, oh, it was all one-sided. But it took so much of my time to schedule lunches to meet with people. So I no longer participate in networking groups. And that leads to the next thing, lunches and coffee dates with friends. Because some of those people became my real friends. Now, I have some because the people that matter are going to have lunch time and coffee time. I'm not going to cut all of that out. But I'm really careful about how many I do and how often. Because there is a cost to every moment that I'm away from the work that I feel called to do. So I want meaningful connections instead of just... Um, coffee dates for the social factor of it. I have given up some volunteering. Instead of saying yes to everything, I now volunteer in only one area at church where my skills are uniquely fit. 
and I have stepped back from volunteering in multiple areas. This allows me to be focused and to still use my gifts and abilities, but also, again, to have the freedom in my schedule to do the writing that God has called me to. Another thing I've given up is stuff. I've been purging my house so that I no longer need to spend time shuffling things around. It has eased my brain. There's just so many benefits to releasing stuff. I've given up some TV shows. I have a small selection of TV shows that I watch now, and I rarely watch the news. So um, I will record them and watch a few things here and there when, you know, maybe watch a show before I go to bed or watch an episode when I'm on the elliptical or something like that. And then the other thing I've given up is some reading. I used to read a lot of novels and I still love fiction, but I don't have as much time for that. And so I listen to more audiobooks now so that I can, quote, read while I make my lunch or while I'm in the car. And so those are just some examples of things that I've crossed off my list over the years. It's going to take more than just crossing something off a list. For example, I had to purge some craft supplies in order to stop doing some of those things. I had to seed the garden down in grass. Well, actually, my hubby did it for me, but uh, we had to, I had to just get it seeded over and removed because otherwise there's this guilt that comes with having the stuff and I don't use it and there's that garden out there and I should grow some vegetables. So there is um, some sacrifice involved in it and sometimes purging the things that will keep me from stepping back into habits or activities that distract me. Ungoals are the things you won't do so that you have the space to do what you want to do. Remember, it's truly about weighing your own priorities in order to make space for your new and more important goals. I know you can do this, and I encourage you to send me a direct message on one of the social media channels or by email when you do it, because I would love to celebrate with you when you remove something from your life to make room for the greater things that God has called you to. Let's talk about some resources. If your biggest challenge is saying no, then this book is a great resource. And my church is actually doing a women's um, small group coming up with this material. It's been out for a few years, and it's a book that I read a while ago and really enjoyed. So the resource for this week is The Best Yes, Making Wise Decisions in the Midst of Endless Demands. And this is written by Lisa Turkhurst. She addresses the idea of living with the stress, and some of you know what this is like, of an overwhelmed schedule and aching with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. She urges readers to learn to say yes to God instead of to everyone else. I have a link to this book in the show notes for this episode at michellerayburn.com slash 26, and you can um, get the link there and go straight to the book in that link. Um, I also will link to my book since I mentioned it earlier in this podcast. Um, Lisa talks about how this book will cure the disease to please with a biblical understanding of the command to love. It will help you to escape the guilt of disappointing others by learning the secret of the small no. Overcome the agony of hard choices by embracing a wisdom decision, a wisdom-based decision-making process. And it will help you to rise above the rush of endless demands and discover your best yes today. This book is a great place to start, especially if you don't know how you can possibly make space for what you think your goals should be. So what's on your list of ungoals for this year? 
Reaching your goals might be more about what you will give up than about what you add in. Thanks for listening to episode number 26. I can't wait to hear what happens in your life when you eliminate your ungoals. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.